everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey everyone, this is Larry and James from WSTrades.com doing our weekly update podcast. How's it going, James? It's going pretty good, man. How are you doing? Doing all right, doing all right. All right, you want to uh, go over any trades from last week that you closed out or got into? Yeah, so I don't think I had any closing trades, but I did have some openers. Um, Let me see here. ARKG, I think they have been getting beat down for a while, so I wanted to sell a put on them. So on Monday, I sold the 65 put, um, probably around a... I don't know, 20, 25 Delta, something like that on the short. So I think I went pretty far away from the money since it's just a naked put and I don't have it as a spread. I wanted to go a little further away from the money uh, just in case that thing gets uh, continues to get beat down. I'll have like a little more range on it. So I sold a 65 put on ARCG. Um, I sold a call spread, it looks like, on ARKK. So that's the innovation ETF. Uh, 130 is the short, 135 is the long. I think the short call was around a 30 delta. Um, and then also EEM, that is emerging markets ETF. I sold a put on that. It's the 48 put. Um, and also the Qs. And I kind of talked to you about this one after I did it. I like to play both sides of the market. Um, but things like SPY, DIA, and the Qs have been burning me on the call side. So I'm kind of thinking of just going on the put side with those three tickers because it seems like every time I lose on those, it's always on the call side because they you know, pretty much just keep ripping all the time. They have these little pullbacks, but they, for the most part, just go up. So I sold a call spread on the Qs. I'm probably going to regret it because I think they got me uh, on the August monthlies. But I did do a five wide there. And then uh, these are all October monthly expirations, by the way. I moved into October for all my positions. So all of these trades are going for that. Um, And then else do I have here? Oh, FXI. Yeah, so I also sold a 37 put on FXI because they have been getting beat down really badly too. And I think I put on an extra position in September on the put side. And I also went into October on the put side because I just don't see them bleeding out uh, much more. If they do continue to sell off, I just don't see how it could continue. It's kind of like ridiculous, like uh, EWZ we were looking at recently, how it was just getting beat down on the daily, like it was in the oversold area. So I think for EWZ as well, I got on an extra trade for September monthlies because I was just like, man, this thing is beat down. This thing is oversold. This thing has got a rally at least a little bit in the short term. So I got a 37 put sold there on uh, FXI for October 15th. But uh, yeah, I think that's all of my openers from this past. God, I just pulled up FXI's chart. That is an ugly chart. It's like every other day you've got gaps and then <laughs> tiny little candles and gaps. That's freaking ridiculous. It looks like uh, X, United States Steel. You know how they get <laughs> time? Yep. Uh, 
You're right. I never really looked at it, but yeah, they are a gapper. But man, look how long on the daily chart that they have been at or below the zero on the TTM squeeze. Like they have just been getting trashed. And it's like this, this can't continue. Like this is ridiculous. Yeah, that looks like it's due for a pop. There's probably going to be a gapper. <laughs> All right. Hopefully it's a big one. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess we'll start with uh, AMC. So on the last podcast, I talked about how um, I had that trend line drawn on AMC and I was still bearish on them because it was in a descending triangle pattern and they couldn't break out of it. And so on, what was that, Friday I opened the position? I don't remember what day it was that I opened the position. Um, I was up 25% on it. I went and bought a deep in the money put and then uh they sold off from the high that they had made right at that trend line and you know my put was looking good i was up 25 percent. and then the very next day they had that massive run and as soon as they broke that trend line i got out of the position at a one dollar loss and i'm really glad i did and i what i was thinking i what i should have done is seen okay they broke that trend line i don't think it's going down right now i should have closed that short position opened up along and you know i would have made out freaking pretty with that but instead i just closed it out because i was like yeah i don't know where they're going uh definitely didn't expect that rally they had um i ended up closing out my uh ewz uh call that i had on them for a nice profit i want to say what was that 50 60 percent profit on that but they had just been you know we were looking at it and you uh, brought up that trend line that they were trading off of and they weren't making really big moves and then I sold it like the perfect time because they started selling off right after that and then I believe it was Friday they made another move up so I might go long uh, EWZ again um, two new trade or three new trades I got into this week was I sold a call spread on um, QS I was looking at their chart and uh, to me I'm pretty uh bearish on them so hopefully start tracking down they're kind of trading real sideways right now but um i think they'll make a move down i sold the put spread on azn which is astrazeneca and then i got into this trade which i might be excuse me might be exiting on monday same thing a trend line trade it's a bmy and they were trading off of this trend line perfectly. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going, uh, going long right here. And then they ended up, I was up big, like right at the at market open after I opened it. And then the rest of the day, they just sold off hard and went below that, uh, trend line. So if they don't rally tomorrow, uh, they're at a certain price level right now, then I'm definitely going to, uh, probably I'll do like I should have done on AMC and close the, uh, long position, open up a short, because if they break through that level, it's a at that trend line, and it's uh, it's also a, a price level that they've respected. So if they break through that, they're headed way down. And that was all I had on. Gotcha, man. Yeah, we were talking about it in the past too about you know trend lines and stuff, and like when something starts to go against you, you know what about flipping the script and, you know, like you were short something and then it broke, you know, out of this trend 
and you were like, okay, this thing isn't going the way I wanted it to let me go to the other side and go long. Um, I think the big thing for me, not that I do a lot of that kind of trading, um, where I'm picking direction a lot of the times, but when I do, um, yeah, for me, it's just like hard to find time if I'm not like keeping up on the stock or the ETF and it kind of reverses on me. And for me, it's like, I may not always have the time to really see that or, uh, you know, really keep up on it and then, you know, switch from being short to being long. But I guess if you're doing something like, you know, more swing trading, maybe looking at like the daily charts or the weekly charts, you kind of got a better uh, chance of doing it. Cause you know, maybe you just look at your positions once a day or something. If you see something break through a trend line that you weren't expecting, then you can kind of flip it. But I think that's a, you know, a really good idea uh, because especially you're trading off of that too. Um, certain like support and resistance levels or certain trend lines you make trades like off of those all the time and you're very directional in your trading so i think that's a cool you know strategy and idea to uh go the other direction if the market doesn't you know give you what you were expecting just flip it and go the other way and try to make profit yeah and that's it's pretty much the name of the game is finding out what other people are trading or finding out how they're trading, what they're thinking when they're entering a trade. Like right now, I'm doing a video on uh, Fibonacci levels. And finally, I've been able to find people that are saying, you know, what it is. It's not some magical number. You know, it, 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 yes, it's found in nature and stuff. But the only reason they work in the stock market isn't because of Fibonacci's magic. It's because other people trade off of those, those levels. So, uh yeah, so I'll be coming out with that video, but it's like that's what trading's all about is just trying to figure out what other people are doing because, you know, what you're doing in the market isn't going to do crap unless you're one of these major hedge funds or something. So as retail traders, we're just trying to figure out what uh, what lines and everyone or everything's playing off of. Yeah, definitely. And then when, you know, like you're saying, something doesn't go your way, you see something going the other way. The ability to close out and go with the flow i think is important yeah definitely should have did that on amc and like i said i might be doing it on a uh, bristol myers come monday so see how that one turns out gotcha um yeah so for this week's topic um i wanted to talk about like maintenance requirements, like if you're trading within a margin account and you want to do something like sell a naked put or sell a naked call, like let's say it's a high price stock or a high priced ETF and like it's not even like a cash secured position on the put side or you're just selling a call, you know, a single leg option and, uh, you know, you're going to not have any protection on the top side wanted to kind of just talk about, you know, what does that mean? Because like for stock, if you like, let's say space is trading at $26 a share and you want to go out and buy a hundred shares, um, you know, you know, for a hundred percent of that value, it's worth 2,600 bucks. Um, if you're trading on margin, you know, you're not going to actually uh, necessarily need that much in your account to hold the hundred shares. Um, I think most, I want to say that most uh, margin requirements on stuff like that is around 20%. But if you have some more like volatile 
stocks that you're trading, sometimes they up that higher to 30%. And I want to say space is one of the companies in the past where they've done that, like TD Ameritrade. I know that's who I trade with mainly. They have a list of like special stocks essentially. And space has been on that list several times where they're like, no, the stock is like super volatile. We're not just going to require you to like have 20% of, you know, what the shares are worth in your account. Um, you know, to trade on margin with them, like we're going to require you to have like 30 or 40% or something higher. Um, so that's not too hard to find out, you know, you like look at a stock and you know what it's trading at and how many shares you buy. And it's pretty quick to see, um, you know, if you're trading within a margin account, like this is the amount of capital I need to hold the shares. Um, but for like options, it's like a little bit different. It gets a little more complicated and I don't really sell naked calls anymore um i've done it and I, I, a lot of times i've made money and then sometimes i've gotten burned and like i really don't like the idea of being open to unlimited risk um and we've kind of talked about this before like you know just selling a call and not buying a call above it you're just you know the thing could go to a million dollars essentially and you're like kind of screwed but like on space you know, let's just say they're trading at 26 bucks right now. Uh, you buy 100 shares, you've got 2,600 bucks on the line, essentially. If they crater, go to zero and go out of business, the max you can lose there is 2,600. On the call side, like, man, that thing could go to 1,000 bucks a share, 5,000, 10,000. Like, you're truly open to, like, this unlimited risk. So if you're going to trade on margin and you're going to trade naked options, like selling naked puts or selling naked calls... I think it's important to just understand like, well, how much capital do I need to hold the position? Um, if you're going to be selling or shorting, you know, if you're going to be short a put or short a call. And um, yeah, it's definitely a little more complicated, like for naked puts and naked calls. Um, I'm actually looking at TD Ameritrade's website. I think this is where I learned uh, how to calculate these values to kind of figure it out. But um you know, there's three different formulas they use, and you can run calculations on all three of these, and whatever comes out to be the greatest number is going to be your maintenance requirement to hold the position. So the first formula they use is 20% of the value of the underlying stock, uh, less any out-of-the-money value. So that's like if, let's say, a stock is trading at $81.25, and the put strike that you sell is the 81, there's 25 cents or you know $25 per contract. That would be that uh, out of money amount. And then also you have to add in 100% of the current market value of the option. So if the option was worth, let's just say two bucks or 200 bucks at the time, you gotta factor that in. So that's the first formula they use to calculate. And then the second one, uh, they have a little bit different between the calls and puts, but for the calls, they will be looking at 10% of the current market value of the stock plus the premium of the option. And then um, on the put side, it's actually 10% of exercise value of the underlying stock plus the premium value. Um, so on the put side, it's a little different. They look at it, you know, if you were to be exercised, like they're looking really at the strike price right there. And then they're taking into account the actual value of the option. 
So that's uh, formula number two. And then formula number three is $50 per contract plus 100% of the premium. And this one is like, seems to me like to be the most crude calculation they do. Like it doesn't matter what the stock is or you know what it's trading at, what it's valued at. They're just like 50 bucks per contract. And then you have to add in the uh, premium of the option or you know what you collected to sell it. So those are like the three formulas they're gonna look at and they're gonna you know run and whichever one ends up being the greatest, that's your maintenance requirement. So if option number three or formula number three ends up yielding the greatest amount, you know, that is gonna be the, the margin you're gonna have to have or the equity you're gonna have to have in your account to be short that naked put or that naked call. Um, so I'll just go through like a couple scenarios really quick that TD Ameritrade provided just to give you like a better idea of, you know, what it means. Um, they give an option here of like, or scenario of selling five naked puts. So let's just say you sold five naked puts. The stock is currently trading at $81 and 25 cents. The strike price that you sold on the puts was $81. So it's like super close to the money. And the premium you collected to sell those puts was $2 or $200. So they run through the calculations. Um, formula number one, um, that one provided a maintenance required of nine grand. Example number two or formula number two provided a maintenance requirement of 5,050. And then that super crude uh, formula number three only came up with 1,250. So since formula number one was the greatest, they're gonna require you to have $9,000 in equity in your account to keep that position open. So you can definitely see like, you know, right away, if you wanna get into a position, um, you know, I'm gonna need $9,000 in my account to sell these five uh, puts against this stock. And that's great. Like, you know, all right, this is the maintenance requirement I need, or this is the margin I need you know, to open this position or to hold this position. The thing that's tricky about options is those options prices are always changing. So day by day, um, if the options that you sold or that you're short become more valuable, like let's say you sold those puts and the stock starts to tank and your puts go deep in the money, your maintenance requirement is going to keep growing. So you might start out, you know, this trade with like 10 grand in your account and everything's cool on day number one because you only have to have 9,000, uh, let's say an equity in your account um, to hold it. But if the stock tanks by day number two, your maintenance requirement could be 11 grand and you're going to be short $1,000. You don't have enough equity in there. And then like TD Ameritrade is going to be calling you and telling you, hey, you're in a margin call you need to deposit funds or we're going to close out positions for you. So um, it's always a good idea. I think to, if you're going to go into these like naked positions, don't be anywhere near um, using up all of your equity. Like in this scenario, if you had 10,000, don't, I would not recommend going out and opening a bunch of positions that are going to put you a thousand dollars away from uh, being in a mark, you know, a maintenance call. Because it doesn't just give you any wiggle room. And especially if you have like weeks or months to expiration, I mean, the stock market could go all over the place. We could have a big sell off and like you just, you know, it's never a good uh, place to have your broker calling you and telling you, you know, you're in a mar margin call. We're going to close stuff out or you need to give us more money. Yeah. 
sorry uh i think maybe take a step back and um we didn't even talk about like what if people don't know what a margin account is or uh the difference between a margin and a cash account and i didn't know when i first started trading either but uh some of the positives to having a margin account is the leverage like you're saying you don't have to have the entire amount of you know whatever equity you're trading uh, you don't have to put it in uh to that one whatever position so you can you know get on more trades it is more dangerous like you said you can get a uh, margin call where they'll tell you like i don't think there'd be a position where your broker would let you get really out of hand with your leverage because they're not in the business of losing money so i guarantee like if you start getting crazy uh like for us td's gonna give us a call and be like hey uh you need to <laughs> slow your roll what the hell you think you're doing so you're gonna get a call on that but like some of the uh good things about cash accounts is uh unlimited day trades but you give up uh being able to trade like if you had a small cash account uh what's the settlement date for funds three days now yeah i believe that's what it is yeah so say you you know you have 500 bucks or something in your account and you trade with that whole 500 dollars into you know you bought gamestop or whatever and when you sell that position you have to wait three days for your cash to settle for you to start trading again but with margin if you're on a margin account it's settled immediately you're you know you sell your position that money's back in your account and you can continue trading um what else oh margin as well i know you have to have i, th- I want to say it's um regulated or it may just be uh a lot of brokerages have it, but you have to have like $2,000 in your account and that allows you to uh, short stock. So you can't do that on a cash account. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to kind of take a step back and mention a few things about what margin account is and uh, and a cash account. Yeah, that's a good idea because I went deep into, you know, margin requirements or maintenance requirements and all that stuff without... Uh, you know, hitting those basics. So, um, yeah, that's good for sure. Like, I want to say you were talking about the unlimited day trades or something on a cash account. Maybe is the um, is it still a minimum uh, requirement in your account though? Like twenty five thousand to do more than uh, three day trades within a rolling five day period, or can you do it with? Uh, less amount of capital or in you know an account don't have margin nope that's the same stupid uh pattern day trading rule where if you're uh that's why if you like if you had a bunch of cash and just wanted to you had the time to let it settle and you were like a big time day trader then yeah go for the cash account if you're doing super quick like snipes because yeah you hit that pattern day trade rule if you have under 25 grand in your margin account and you do uh, three day trades, then what was the penalty? I think I got smacked for that a couple of times a long time ago. Yeah, I did it as well. I think they gave me like, oh man, I want to say they gave me like a get out of jail free card, maybe one or two of them within a 12 month period. I can't quite remember, uh, but they do. I want to say they do lock your account down. Oh man, it's been a 
while since I looked into this, but I want to say they lock your account down for like 90 days or something. I want to say like no only closing positions or something, no opening positions for 90 days. If I'm oh, not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Time. But yeah, it's like, yeah, they put you in jail like good. But I called them. I want to say I did it on accident with TD once and then there may have been tasty trade or something when I was messing with them, but I called them and they did have like some get out of jail free card. They're like, well, you know, within a 12 month period, we can remove the flag like a couple times for you. But like, if you do it a third time or something, like you're done, like we're not going to help you anymore, you know, within a 12 month period. So I want to say, yeah, they definitely, uh, lock you down pretty good if you <laughs> if you keep doing that yeah that's uh when i had to call td and mine was a, a stupid mistake i didn't know enough about options and i, I want to say i put on some verticals and then day traded them and i thought that you know that was considered a single trade uh vertical and uh each leg counted as um as a day trade. So yeah, when I called them, they told me the same thing. I, I want to say you're allowed one per quarter of um, them removing that. Yeah, that may have been what it was. Man, it's been so long since I, you know, called them up. I think I did it with NTD. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was just, I don't know what I was doing. I think I had some iron condors open and I was just trying to adjust them and like not even thinking, man, like two legs per put, you know, put side and two legs per call side. I was making all kinds of adjustments. And then the next day it's like, yep, you know, you've hit the, you know, the maximum number of day trades within the five day period. And like, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. It, the, the pattern day trade rule is such a freaking joke too. They claim it's to, you know, if you don't have a lot of capital, it's protecting you from doing dangerous trades and doing day trades where you could lose a lot of money, but yet they'll still let people with $500 in their Robinhood account. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the WS Trades podcast. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe. Also head over to YouTube and search for WS Trades. You'll find us there as well. We've got trading updates as we make our trades over there and also educational videos so you can learn about different strategies within the stock market and options trading. And also please head over to wstrades.com. Thanks again.